Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for Boston sports. I'm your host, Justin Poulin. Joining me, my co-host, John Duke. And real quick programming announcement, don't forget to follow John and I on Twitter. The entire show, at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me, at CSL underscore Justin, and follow John, at CSL underscore Duke, as well as the entire CLNS Radio Network, at CLNS Radio. John, before we get into it, with Young and Hunter, and then the Bentle, Ryan Kelly, a lot of different conversations that have happened. Big shout to Tom Westerholm for being our guest last Friday. His first appearance on Celtic Stuff Live really did a bang-up job. I think uh, kind of laid it out there and really did close out the interview excellently with why he thought Hunter would be the uh, player to go. And, and here we find out on Hunter and Jalen Brown's birthday that uh, that Hunter's not gonna not going to make it. But before we do that, I have to just say a quick thanks to our buddy Nick in Australia for putting together the Celtic Stuff Live NBA Fantasy League on ESPN's uh, fantasy website there. I know it's a free league, John, but I had fun doing the draft, and I did get – I wound up with way too many guards because I had to flip it over to – auto draft when the walking dead season premiere came on and so i i wound up with with too many guards in the queue but i think overall i drafted well how did you feel about your draft i was very happy with how i i got the second pick first of all so i felt good that uh that i was you know kind of you know, you always want to have, I think, an early pick. You know, you have a better shot to get a, an MVP candidate and, uh, you know, being able to walk away with the guy who's going to be a human FU tour, uh, in, in Russell Westbrook is, is not a bad way to do it. Um, that's who I would have so taken. I think that was, I would have taken him over Harden as a matter of fact. I, I think I would have too, although I, th- I think Harden's going to have a good year. I think Westbrook, in terms of stat lines across the board, is really going to fill it up. It's just um, the chip on his shoulder and the vacuum absolutely. of having his compadre to shoot the ball. Totally, totally, yeah. So, I mean, this actually, my 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 team turned into a little bit of a uh, Celtics <laughs> Celtics trade uh, target 
the central between Westbrook, Jimmy Butler, um, <laughs> Gordon Hayward, Danilo Gallinari. I mean, it sounded like I went through. That is kind of funny. I didn't actually look at your roster, but that's <laughs> that's uh, Celtics potential future. Yeah. You know? yeah, absolutely. I've even got Chris Dunn just for kind of a laugh for, for those who enjoyed <laughs> the senior draft. You know. The what so, could have been's too. And, it's, and the funny thing about this is that it, most of that, well, I'd say half of it was probably auto pick. So I got the first pretty handful of, of players. But, uh, yeah, it's great to do this. I mean, it's fun and, you know, you hope you stay with it through the season. Um, we'll certainly, as, as you and I have done for years when we've done these things, we've had, you know, kind of updates, not, you know, we're not going to go into detail about what's going on, but who's ahead and, and, and you may remember, as I do with with a lot a great deal of glee, how we used to call out the name of the sucker free ballers. The sucker free uh, ballers, no doubt. <laughs> that is my very very good friend. I don't know if he still listens to the show or not, but coach from my college fraternity, uh, Jeff, my buddy Jeff, he was the sucker free ballers. I forgot we did this before. Oh yeah, loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Now wait, well then I gotta call you out, John. You're just Team Duke. I came up with a really witty team name, and you're just Team Duke. Are you gonna put some thought into your team name before we get underway? I have a I have a great name for my team. When I get a moment, you all you will all enjoy this name. Oh, you're gonna hold me in suspense. You're not even gonna break the news on the show. No, I I want you to I want you to read it on your own, and and then really bring that. I don't. I don't want. I want to break. I want to break it now. I don't want to. You know. I want to ruin the surprise. Have you so, seen mine? Did you have time to peruse it? I know we put this together very last minute. Did you we get to? Did, did, did you get to see mine? I was totally. I was, Nick rocked it. The fact that he got he enough did. players to have a decent league. I mean, the fact that he was able to pull that all together, um, just really. Good for him, but I, I don't know which one you are. I don't. Who are you? I am the Dunder Mifflins. Oh, the Dunder Mifflins. And I have Michael Scott in a purple bandana with an ugly face as my avatar. And oh, yeah. I'll Mike. see if you can figure this one out. That's the abbreviation for my team, yeah, is W is T W S S, like Jeff Twist. Well, that's what that's my right. buddy, that's what my buddy, uh, who is the team, the Royal We, uh, yeah, yeah. that's what he thought was, is this some sort of a Jeff Twist? No, it's the abbreviation that's for, that's, that's what she, she said. said, right? There sure. you go, right on. Yeah. Dude, I killed it. And there is sort of the, the twist twist, which is kind of yes. neat, but that, but that was completely accidental. It was all about that's what she said. So anyway, I think that's cool. always, this is by far the wittiest team name I've ever had. And I also thought of it at the very last minute. And I don't know if you noticed on the league smack board, but I wrote that famous Michael Scott quote, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take Wayne Gretzky in quotes and then hyphen <laughs> Michael Scott. And nobody picked up on that yet either, but hopefully, you know, the, the, Oh, I love it. It's just, I was just killing it. I was killing it. Mike, I don't know if you know this too. And then we'll move on because this is a lot of fantasy league talk. A lot of, a lot of people who people don't love care. fantasy talk, but my son, <laughs> yeah, I know everybody loves it, but my son's in the league and he took Jalen oh, Brown way too early. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you are definitely oh. my son. Yes. Yes, indeed. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious! Is it was so funny? I couldn't believe he did it. I was like, that it. It was. It was not like I have been ooze like like everybody on that listens to this show and you as the co-host. Everybody knows, you know. I basically called that as the pick ahead of time. That's who I wanted. So everybody knows I gush over Jalen Brown and happy birthday to him as well. Him and him and uh, R.J. Hunter sharing a birthday on Monday, obviously, but. Then, but it was just hilarious when my son took him early because I don't. It's not like I talk about Jalen Brown all the time outside of the show, so it like really was store. uninfluenced. <laughs> no one's buying that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair enough. Fair enough. But, all, right. all right, we'll so put that we... in. We'll put that behind us no, to talk about no, Young and Hunter. Before we put a pin in it, I Ooh. do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll tell them the name that I go with. And I just put it in, so everyone who's listening now, as you're listening to your podcast, you can, as you listen to some of the stuff live, you can check it out. Breaking Brad Stevens. That's what I'm going with. Breaking Brad. Oh, that's excellent. Good for you, John. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I've got a really good kind of picture of him too, but anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll put that up later. But yeah, Breaking Bad, Stevens. That's that's what I'm going with. Very nice. That that is the fun. There's some good ones. My buddy, the Royal We, that's his last name, is Benjamin yes. Benjamin Royal. So the Royal <laughs> We from the Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. There's some really good names in this league. I'm I'm loving the creativity and uh I I I'm definitely I'm definitely having a good time with it. It'll I haven't done I've done some, you know, um, FanDuel. I do the CLNS Fantasy Football League on FanDuel, so I've been doing that. But other than that week by week sort of pick them and they all are attributed to salary sort of gambling, I haven't done a fantasy league in probably seven or eight years. So I'm really excited for this. And basketball is, is probably one of the more unique fantasy, um, fantasy leagues that you can do just because they play on different nights. You know, baseball you get pretty consistent schedule and uh and then football obviously is is really just once a week. But basketball's sort of funny the way you can shift players in and out and they play different positions and you know, depending on how you construct your roster, you may not get a you may get just less games based on who's on your team. Well, that's right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of uh it's it's a it's a different fantasy experience, I think. Um, you know, doing the NBA stuff. I, I used to do an NHL league for a while too. And I've never done my idea. Really interesting, you know, because you just you, know, you really got three positions: your D, center, or, uh, or or wing. And you know, you're they did, actually they did do left wing, right wing, center, and then D. And then you had a couple goalies. It was, it was, it was, that was a lot of fun too. Interesting. I, yeah, it's been so bad. I almost, almost feel like you should just things. pick your players for the week though, versus being able to ship them in and out every day. I, yeah. I've thought that, well, I've long thought that where you're taking a gamble with a player that, you know, like maybe I've got like Buddy healed, and so he's going to get some minutes because they've got injuries to Drew Holiday, but, at the same time, it's like, okay, do I want three games of C.J. McCollum or do I want five games of Buddy Heald? You know, th- I always thought that that should be sort of part of the strategy and you set your lineup at the beginning of the week and, and it is what it is. But th- but basketball doesn't really operate that way. That's right. No, it doesn't. You've, you know, that 
<laughs> you can't just set it and forget it. This isn't uh what is the what is the oh man. I don't know. What is that, that like the easy bake oven kind of yeah, thing or something? Yeah, something like that. Oh man. It a, is. It's one of those ovens. That would have been. Yeah. What a, what a disappointment. Oh well. Set it and forget it. I don't know. It's right up there with the sham wow and the slap chop. Yes. It's definitely there in you that go. Vein. Yeah. Or the shake weight. The shake well, weight. Dude, there's not. so there's so much inappropriate <laughs> just not coming out right now, Absolutely. but it just wants to. <laughs> this is a family show, everybody. This is a it's a lot you can clean up with the with the sham wow. Anyway, um, <laughs> yes, this is a family show. Oh, after the shake weight. Okay, so let's go to Young and Hunter. <laughs> Young and Hunter. Let's Speaking t- of, <laughs> let's talk about it. I don't think we have to talk about it too much because uh, we've completely derailed the show. But right. Young and Hunter, we we basically called it. I mean, my hope was. And it was, it was my prediction because it was one of my hopes. But at the end of the day, Danny clearly has constructed this roster to compete. They wanted Gerald Green as a veteran to provide depth. And so they had to make the choice down to Young and Hunter. Although there were some legit questions on Twitter coming down the line, like how come nobody is talking about Demetrius Jackson or Jordan Mickey as a possible cut? And I think, you know, Jordan, primarily because they could definitely use some depth at that position. And he has shown some shooting range, maybe not so much with the parent club, but definitely with the red claws, um, the blocks. It's going to take a little bit of a hit coming up from, I know he set the record in the D league last season, but Demetrius Jackson was a good question. Why, why a second round pick over a first round pick? I think they've seen enough of Hunter to know that this had to come down to Young and Hunter, whereas Jackson is somebody that they're just initially getting a look at. John, some of this has got to come down to perceived work ethic. And that's where James Young really wound up being a sneak attack because his performance in the Summer League had us all saying he was going to be gone. It was almost a foregone Mm -hmm. conclusion. Yeah, Sam Sheehan was on Twitter talking about how we all sucked doing the ESPN forecast this summer, talking about who was going to be gone and who was and who wasn't. And, and, and I had Jackson and, and Hunter as the two that would stay and, and that young, young would, young and Bentel would get the boot. Um, as you know, I kind of changed course on that here as we got through training camp and, and into the preseason. And I saw young as, as a guy who really, Kind of figured it out. I mean, he he said today it was quoted that uh, you know he needed a kick in the face. <laughs> it's like whoa, okay. And, and Danny Ainge says and he credited uh, you know, the media. We gotta also mention that Jimmy Jamie. They all call him Jamie now. Jamie credited the media for for giving him the kick in the face. That that is really rare, almost shocking. Uh, so I think, you know, I don't know if we're media or not, but let's take credit for it then. Because we told you you suck, Jamie Young, <laughs> you made the team. Congrats. Uh, you I don't know. What? Don't rule it out. Don't, I know what you're, I know what you're saying. Don't rule it out. But I actually, I very fans, recently, yeah. I have it on very good information that Isaiah Thomas listens to our show. Well, IT, what's happening, man? Come on. Let's Absolutely. do the show. We love but it. But not just We'd ours, all of them. We'd love to have, yeah, absolutely. Come on, CLNS. Talk to us, man. Let's do this. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Crazy. Hey, why not? If so, he's listening. Hey, Jalen Brown, it's your birthday. I'm sure you're not doing anything right now. Why don't you call in and join the show? Yeah, he can't possibly be having any I'm fun. I'm sure. 
when you're turning 20 and you just became a millionaire for the first time, I'm sure there's nothing you, you do more than like, you know, the Celtic Stuff Live guys are pretty cool. Let's give them a ring. It's probably not happening. I don't Even if it were me, I'm not calling into my own show when I turn, tw- when I turn 20. I don't think you would either, right? I mean – Forget I it. wouldn't, but if you remember way back in the day, our fellas from Gangrene, and I oh, yeah. want to say they were in New Orleans, and no. it might have been for Memphis. Dave's birthday. It was Memphis. It was Memphis. And it remember? was Dave's birthday, right? It was. And they Dave's called birthday. in and gave us a message while they were out t- tearing up Memphis. I, honestly, to me, one of the lasting memories of their 10 years on air uh, is going to be that night when they called in and... I'm not sure how much we really ever understood what they were talking about, but I, I felt like it left it was a big classic. Impact. It was classic. It was good stuff. That one's for the. That one's. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, that was great. That was great. So anyway, back to the 16th man. <laughs> we we can't possibly have this show stay on topic today. We are way off topic. Well, you know, it's it's the sign that one we're at the end of of the preseason. Right? There's nothing more to be said. And we're talking about the 15th man. I, w- I do want to make this point, though. And this has kind of annoyed me a bit. Is you know, it's like, well, how important is the 15th man anyway? Well, this Celtics team, like, they will sign players in a particular order to get the most possible, you know, uh, you know, the most out of, you know, the order of, of how they sign players impacts their cap space. And, you know, they'll do anything to squeeze out that extra second round pick. And they'll do things to, to gain every little advantage possible. So the idea that somehow they go through all that and it doesn't matter who is a player on their roster, that decision is, is immaterial, I think is really kind of foolish. It's, it's, it's kind of a foolish because if the plan is to make a console, console, some sort of a trade to consolidate talent and upgrade, all of a sudden right. they're going to find themselves with uh, not a lot of depth, which is, I think, one of the reasons they probably hung on to Gerald Green, even though I think a lot of us wanted them, wanted them to hold on to the talent they're still trying to develop. Exactly. I mean, I, I love the idea of of Hunter. I love. I, I don't think we. I don't think either one of us didn't like the kid. I thought, you know, he could be a player and he could. But for a guy whose one skill was shooting, he he wasn't able to do it enough when it counted to you know to make that his 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 game. And I'll, I'll give this to, to Young. He started out with that same sort of. You know, expectation didn't progress, didn't didn't show it. But you know, at this point, he's a slasher. He was rebounding a bit. He was he was getting he was he showed stroking, effort. Right? Come on, it's that simple. He actually showed some effort, and he didn't seem yeah completely lost on defense anymore. Yeah, no, he 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 took that kick to the to the face, and and I think made himself into the player. That I think a lot of us thought he would be after the first. Well, not you. Know, you. His first I mean, season. No, let's be real. You you were not in love with this guy. And no. to your point no. about the ESPN summer forecast uh, with with our buddy uh, over there, I I'm reading mine right now. The Celtics hang on to the guards Jackson and Hunter because the James Young experiment is over, and clearly it's not. Listen, he had the age going for him. And yeah. he just needed to show some level of work ethic. 
I think the contrast of Jalen Brown also watching him come in at a young age took away the excuses. I honestly feel like that was part of it because by the summer league, he hadn't figured that out. But I think by the time he saw that somebody his own age coming into the league with less experience than him was working out with players in the offseason, not only Celtics players, you know, but obviously uh, Jimmy Butler over in Chicago, Jalen Brown was working out with him. I think there may have been a little bit of role modeling there. Like we knew that there was a threat and I'm sure they had a sit down with Jamie now Jamie Young, not to be confused with the coach Jamie Young. I know that's really That's why I don't like calling him Jamie cuz I'm like, "No, nah, you got to coach Jamie Young. You got to be James. Like it's already happened. It's done. Yeah. It's over. It's a done deal. You're James." This is but, like Thibodeau and Thibodeau. This is, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is like we already know you're here as Tibbs, and now it's Thibs. I, I I can't make that adjustment, man. I just I, I, old dog, you know, new tricks doesn't work. When did but, the Thibodeau thing happen? I think I we always went to called him Chicago Thibodeau when he was with the Celtics. Oh, so Chicago, and then all of a sudden yeah. it was a, uh, it was yeah. Hmm. Like they were asking him, like, okay, and he's like, well, actually, it's not Thibodeau, it's Thibodeau. Everyone's like, what? And they still call him Thibodeau. They still call him Tibbs. So, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, maybe he doesn't really care. Knowing, probably knowing him, he doesn't care. But, you know, it's just, I don't know how you could change that, especially when you have an assistant coach that goes by the same, like, why Jimmy, didn't we get corrected Jimmy, sooner yeah. is the question. Yeah. We don't have answers. Let's get to the bottom. <laughs> it's almost as infuriating as why it took three years for him to show this form, but almost, almost, almost. but not quite. Because it is, <laughs> it, and even though he's showing some form, there's still a long ways to go. And it's going to be a. He's probably still going to spend a ton of time in the D League. He's got one more year. He can do that, and not get a lot of run with the parent roster. And he's already lit up the D League. Him and Mickey both. And there just isn't any minutes available with the, with the parent club, especially with Gerald Green sticking around. I could see minutes going to, to James Young, especially if, you know, Crowder winds up getting a little bit of an injury or whatever and he just needs some time right. off. You could, you could see him coming in and, and getting some scrap minutes, but that's not going to happen. It not, not with the roster as constituted and with Gerald Green here. That pretty much all assures us that James Young is going to be parked out in Portland again. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you're, you're probably right just because, you know, you're not going to want to, you know, keep, I think he'll go up here and play for a little bit, but I think there'll be injuries. I think there'll be, I think there'll be opportunities for him. I really do, and I and I also think that he may. It's possible he earns that time ahead of Gerald Green. I, you know, I don't think that Gerald, you know, if Gerald is the the back of the bench sage, you know, kind of a voice of experience, I think he would be frustrated with that, but I think he would embrace that part of it. I think he's enjoying being the elder statesman a bit on this team. You know, if if somehow you see. We all see Young gets out there and, and he earns kind of that spot as the first wing guy outside of Brown who, who would come in if, if they needed some size, let's say, or there's an injury. I think, I think that, that would be great. And, and you know, as well as I do, they're going to shuff, shuffle those guys back and forth. I mean, Mickey and 
Young are going to be driving up and down 95. I mean, they're aware of the path. You know, they, I hope they have easy pass. And if they are, and they're going through the Hampton, they, could they stop at the liquor store for me and pick up a few things? Because, as you know, I mean, that's that's just right there on 95. <laughs> the prices for liquor are pretty cheap there in New Hampshire. It's awesome. It's great. Every time you go down there, you got to get something if you're in Maine because you're going to save some big bucks. That's a pro tip. For <laughs> I got an awesome off-the-air story for you about that rest stop <laughs> at some time. Uh, so don't let me forget it. I really I would apologize right now to the listeners that I can't tell this now. story. But <laughs> it does involve somebody in the Celtic Stuff Live. It, happens to, it has to do with a bachelor party and uh, the coach of the Royal We in the Celtic Stuff Live ESPN Fantasy League. So there you go. There we go. That's full circle. I full circled it. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. You know what? We're going to take a quick break. I can't believe we burned through the first 20 minutes of the show already. But just a reminder to follow us on Facebook. Actually, follow the entire CLNS radio on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash CLNS fans. And to download the CLNS radio app for iOS and Android, simply search CLNS radio in your app marketplace. And the YouTube channel, which is a, it's been going for the preseason, but it's about to get crazy coming on Wednesday because that's going to be opening night for the Boston Celtics as they square off against the Nets. And we are going to get to that in the second half of the show. But if you want to get all of those uh, full length locker room interviews, high definition and the garden report with Jared Weiss, just go to youtube.com forward slash CLNS radio. Sit tight. We're going to be right back after this. A quick word from our newest sponsor, Audible.com. All right, we're back. And, John, I think we could probably put the Young and Hunter conversation to rest. But the other one that really struck me and and maybe surprised me even more than Young and Hunter, I mean, there was the one quote that, that you know, um, that, no, no, Let's go. Bentle and Ryan Kelly. The quote was on Bentle. And I think you have it at the ready there. But it was kind of bizarre because they pay him a quarter of a billion dollars, guaranteed, comes to training camp, plays throughout the preseason. We all think he's going to Maine, taking it for granted basically since he was drafted. And then all of a sudden it's like the numbers don't work out. They sign Ryan Kelly. Twitter goes alive with, oh, my God, they're getting ready for a trade. And Boy, is that jumping the gun. I mean, I got to think that the teams at least want to see some guys play into the regular season. But I can see why people read into it because the whole Bentle situation was a major curveball. Yeah, well, that that's kind of where things – I mean, it wasn't surprising. I mean, both of us would agree it's not surprising that he was the one that ended up getting the boot. I think you, know, you, I think you and I both – uh, you know, we, there was no debate that that Bentel was going to be the guy that was going to get get the um, you know it wasn't going to make it. But I think what was surprising was the Ryan Kelly signing, right? That was what really kind of it's like. Okay, well, I understand they don't have enough room to, to keep Bentel, which again is probably something that deserves a little bit more conversation. But in terms of and, and really in the in the face of the the RJ Hunter decision, you know, cutting two of those draft picks, you know, just about 15 months after they've, they've been chosen within 15 months of them being chosen. But, but then the, the, the other part of that is then the Ryan Kelly signing. And it's okay. So you just 
cut a guy that you could have, you know, basically put back in the D league and ended up back in Maine. So they're still kind of in the system, though not contractually, but at least they're back in the system. And, and now we've learned that Bento was willing to go to go to Maine, but, the fact that the numbers didn't work out. Right, I don't the understand the out. numbers not working out if they're then going to pull in a Ryan Kelly. Now he hasn't been assigned. Uh, he hasn't been signed by the D League. He's been signed and cut. So we right. know he's eligible to become the final of four positions or four players that get signed to the D League and then assigned to the Red Claws because they were technically with the Boston Celtics organization in preseason. But Ryan Kelly never even showed up for a practice before he was signed and cut. So then Mm -hmm. the question is, do they just really not see anything redeeming out of Bentle to invest any additional time into developing him in the system? And as you just said, it sounded like Ben Bentle was totally willing to go to the Red Claws. The dollar figure was already given to him. And most of the stories leading up to that, when we began to hear early on that he likely wasn't going to go play with the Red Claws, it may, it was being spun that it was because Bentel had an opportunity or would right. have an opportunity to make a NBA roster this season. But now it looks like he went to Indiana, right? He's going to end yeah. up playing for some Indiana franchise. Uh, a D League franchise. So, it, and then he was willing to go play for the Red Claws. It, the whole thing is bizarre. Something's not adding up between the two camps and their reporting of how this was handled. Yeah, I, I just think that obviously that they had made a decision that, that he wasn't going to make. You know, there was there were too many players, and he wasn't going to be in the mix. But but they then also made the decision, not only do we not want to have – that there are too many players between him and making the roster that he would take up space, but then you're going to sign a guy who's 26 years old and Ryan Kelly who, okay, again, stretch four, a bit better, probably maybe a better rebounder, a little bit more length. He's 6'11", 6'10", 6'11", you know, a bit more traditional – big man size has done some things in the NBA and wouldn't say he's been a great player, but you know, he's shown that he can, he can contribute at the NBA level. You know, maybe the thought was he's a break in case of glass type emergency guy. And you know, if they, if they do make a trade, at least they know they'll have an NBA somewhat capable talent. That's the only thing I could think of. Atlanta does not have a D league team. So they didn't have the opportunity to to do this in the same way that the Celtics would have had with Bentel. So in effect, the Celtics did make that choice of Bentel or 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 Kelly, and <laughs> chose the guy with a little bit more experience. And just to go back to that Atlanta Hawks not having a D League affiliate, how amazing was Ryan Bernadoni through all of this? Oh my God, what Get a resource on Twitter, just keeping me on the straight and narrow and and informed, like at the ready, really. He's got- Phenomenal oh, performance, absolutely, and you know, and the best, the thing that that made me laugh about the whole thing, and I don't know if you got busy or something, but so after all that, and I was just kind of hanging around, Mike Zarin starts popping up on Twitter, and he was asking, oh, I did miss that. Involved, he got involved in our kind of conversation, I mean, not he wasn't like you know, yeah, I can't believe we cut it. I mean, it's not, it didn't go there, but he got involved in that conversation a bit, 
uh, with, with with Ryan and I and, and answering some questions. It was more CBA related stuff in terms of, you know, how do you turn the picks and, you know, um, you know, whether or not, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was out restricted free agency and, and about the moratoriums because that was obviously the other thing that had come about. So that's one of the things on. that Zarin initially tweeted about when mm. he, joined Twitter and made it sort of known that he was on Twitter. And I think that was just over this past summer, but that moratorium and that July 1st free agency, that was a big thing that he wanted to see change. That was one of the first topics he discussed on Twitter. Yeah. And, and so he, you know, he didn't want to, he didn't go into detail because obviously he, he can't at this point and he wasn't involved to great, to a great degree in, you know, the, the, the development, at least from what we can tell, but, but the one, but, you know, certainly clarifying the fact that the league year issues, other than the more, the moratorium is CBA related, but everything else in terms of the league year, when it comes to dra- you know, the draft and all those things, those are not dependent upon the CBA. So there are things they can do with the league year to move around the dates that allow them to move around some of the things. So it would allow them to do those things. And it seems as though that the changes to restricted free agency would allow for the moratorium to change. So that, that looks promising, but again, there really hasn't been, I think in one place, although Ryan's been great in trying to compile all this one place to say, okay, this is what we know of like the 50 different people writing about this, <laughs> putting it all in one place. So thanks to Danger Cart uh, once again. And, and I also want to add one thing we didn't talk about last week is thanks to the folks at Celtics Reddit for the AMA that they did. Yes. That you were part of. I was a part of. I mean, everybody. Everybody. <laughs> uh, that thing went twice. so bananas, I couldn't oh keep up with it anymore. Like I when know. I went back, I was like, where am I? How many questions? Like, what an active community it is over at the subreddit. I got to noon time, and then I I, I tapped out. I couldn't hand. I I got busy the rest of the day. But that that was a great great time. Great, really knowledgeable folks about the team. Um, I'm I'm going to be going back there often. So thanks to those guys for that. All right. So let me say this: If I'm putting my tinfoil hat on, I'm going to say that the Celtics were pretty clear on their decisions around Bentle and Hunter a lot sooner. Now, they always, and Danny's really smart about this, wait till the last minute. We said last week it would come down to the wire trying to spin off Hunter. They're not assets, they're people. But before they become a selection, they're an asset. And that second-round pick becomes Demetrius Jackson. That first-round pick became... You know, Hunter. So the issue is now they're losing, they're losing what, what, what once was assets for nothing. So Danny takes as much time as possible to see if he can help give RJ a home and then receive future asset in return because there's just not enough room on the roster. So I think they kind of had already decided that Bentle and Hunter weren't, uh, you know, weren't players that they were going to commit to long term. But the other thing that this organization does a really nice job of is they never say anything negative. And that's why I said I don't think certain things add up 100% the way the way that this went down. But I want you to give us a scouting report of Ryan Kelly before we move on and spin this conversation into the fact that we knew when they didn't make a deal on draft night that they were going to end up 
with more assets than they could manage and that there was a high risk that some of them would not end up yielding any value. And we wondered why more of those picks say, hey, look, they did two draft and stashes in the first round, but we wondered why more of those second round picks weren't moved for future second round picks, especially because if they do start to make trades that consolidate talent, they're going to need them to round out the roster because they're going to run out of cap space. As a matter of fact, even if they don't make those trades with guys like Avery Bradley having mid-level exception money under the new CBA, they're going to need those second round picks at some point because they're going to run out of cap space as well. But before we do that, that's my tinfoil hat theory. They weren't going to say anything negative. Good on them. All they want to do is help guys that are connected to the organization continue to have some success. But let's talk about Ryan Kelly. Give us a quick scouting report. Let's say all of a sudden the roster does do like a little crunch. There's trades. Can Ryan Kelly really come up and, and contribute to the Boston Celtics this season, maybe as a, a 10th or 11th man? I could see him in that role. I, I think he's, you know, I think what he is, uh, he's a poor man's, he, he, if if Jonas Jerebko and Tyler Zeller had a baby, um, this would be the the union of those two <laughs> bench players. You know, I mean, Kelly's got size, he's got length. I wouldn't say he's a shot blocker, but he he could protect the rim to some degree. He's a shooter. He can he can stre- step out and stretch it a bit. He's not. He doesn't have the athleticism that Jerebko has, but I could see him being fluid as a center position. I could see him being becoming fluid enough to where he might become a good, you know, kind of rim runner, um, you know, in transition. I could see him doing some of that. He's been playing in L.A., so he knows how to stand around and watch Kobe Bryant shoot. So that won't be something he'd be doing here, but <laughs> – at Duke, he was, you know, he was a guy who was, you know, fourth guy, fifth guy, a guy that you could rely on to maybe hit an open shot, but he was not a star. He was not, he wasn't even, you know, one of those, you know, kind of all defensive team guys that, you know, good player, but, you know, glue guy. He wasn't even really that. He was just, you know, he's a role player. He's a role player at Duke. And, and I was a bit surprised that he even hung on in the NBA. But as the league has changed and you've moved away from those traditional bigs, he kind of stands in that role. It, not dissimilar to what we saw with, uh, you know, uh, Josh McRoberts, um, with, um, um, Shavlik Randolph, you know, these guys that, and it's not just because they're all the same complexion. It's that they are uh, bigs who aren't that big, really, but still have some fluidity to them and and can do some extra things. I mean, and and the McBob comparison is pro- he's not as talented as Josh McRoberts is, but he certainly filled that he filled a similar type of role. Not as big, but but you know, kind of filling in the gaps for the team. Um, so I think he'll be, he'll be fine. As you said, could be a 10th or 11th guy, but there's gotta be some trades to, to yeah. make that happen. And so if something happens, yeah, he could, he could be a competent player on this roster, uh, for the Celtics going forward. All right. So let's talk about it. The, the whole idea that now they have so many picks that they just don't, I mean, look at James Young. He's safe for now. 
But if they make that Brooklyn selection and there is no trade, again, to consolidate talent and, and bring pair the roster down but make that starting lineup even stronger and stronger, without that, you know, James Young could very easily be gone next season once again because somebody like Harry Giles might be in play. And then now all of a sudden he doesn't have room on the roster. And that's that may continue to keep happening. It was one of the concerns was, and it's why we thought there was going to be more trades or why we thought for certain there would be like a major trade on draft night and there wasn't. But it's not like the Celtics are running out of these extra assets. They're still there. Maybe not... Uh, such a glut, but then you've got to make room for Zizic and Yabuselli if they're going to bring him over, or can you stash him for two years before you bring him over? Like you can just only delay bringing players in for so long because that's essentially two more draft picks that have to find time on the roster. They're going without a trade to upgrade talent. Some of this talent is going to wind up finding itself with another team. And it, and with nothing in return for it. This may not be the last time that we have this conversation about somebody mm-hmm. like RJ Hunter or even a Ben Bentel. Although I think both of those players, those casualties are less likely to come back and bite us. Hunter could, but I, I really, to your point, on one hand, yeah, the 15th spot matters situationally. On the other hand, it's not like you know, Hunter was a little bit older. It's not like either of these players were just screaming of, oh, we're going to be, you know, starting level caliber player in the future. Not that they couldn't be. I'm just saying it's it's a fairly easy risk to take. But somebody like James Young, if he really has gotten his attitude right and we have to cut him next year, maybe he is. You know, the odds continue to increase at least as these players don't find a home on the roster. Well, yeah, and, and I okay. So there's a couple things there I want to unpack from what you just said because one, like you, I think you said earlier on. I mean, the idea that they didn't know go, they they knew going into this this was going to happen. They knew there was a very good chance that they were going to have to cut one of these players, and it was a risk they were willing to take. You know, we were talking before the show about Demetrius Jackson. The name Demetrius Jackson hasn't really come up a lot. But to me, Demetrius Jackson has shown that he can at the very least be a competent third guard in this league. You could argue he showed more this summer, you know, in preseason and, and to this point uh, than, than did Terry Rozier. And I, I think – Rozier certainly has has a great deal of upside and, and has certainly shown he could be a lot more than and what Danny's we probably enamored. thought. I mean, what they've Absolutely. said about what he's shown since the uh, very end of last season, they're enamored totally. of this guy. Totally. And I thought that would be, you know, Rozier, but why are you taking a first-round pick to be that guy? I don't know that he is that guy. I think there's a, there's a trade that happens – that puts him into a, a, a much bigger role either here or elsewhere. But Jackson ends up being that third guard and, and grows within that. He's not great size, but he's got a lot of a lot of, a lot of ability. What I want to say though is I feel like that is, you know, they made a they made a conscious decision that that they know they're going to have to cut loose. But the idea that somehow that it doesn't that <laughs> these guys are. A huge loss or you know Danny miscalculated you know that that's that's kind of what what the a lot of this is is well Danny miscalculated 
Well, you know, I, I think he thought there would be a trade. I think we all thought there would be a trade of some sort. It hasn't happened. There's been nothing about what's to come that has forced teams to let go. And maybe Danny is trying to hold on to his assets too much. That's another thing I've seen on Twitter. But I think we're going to start to see things break this year. And, and here's why. From what we can tell of this new CBA, it's going to put it's going to put restricted free agency into what it looks like to me a non-starter. You're going to have to either extend your guys or or expect them basically to go to free agent unrestricted free agency. Yeah, the teams have less power once they get there. It's exactly it's take care of your man. Totally. Or watch the Al Horford scenario replay itself, yep. and everybody gets to throw a fifth year. Exactly. So, you know, you you might see some of these guys that get their extensions, but like, for example, Olenek. Olenek be, may be one of those guys where he gets kind of caught in the mix. And I think there's a lot of guys that are going to be in that situation. And so they're going to be much more likely to try to trade them to get something for them. I think w- what I'm saying is it seems to be but from what me, I can tell. Hold on real quick, a, though. Kelly will be a restricted free agent, right? So they will still will. have the right to match. So in that vacuum, that one instance, well, the Celtics could still play the free agency market. And they all have less time to match, I think, is because that was the other thing. I think on Celtics Hub, Ryan Bernadoni broke down sort of the implications based on the rumors of what some of the details of the CBA right. might be. But it was my understanding that instead of 72 hours to match, or maybe it was even more than that, but the length of time to match is significantly reduced. So at the same time, if there's no moratorium, the Celtics will know within 24 hours if they're going to land a major free agent unless it's the Kevin Durant going on tour scenario. But in the case of somebody like Kelly Olenek, if they get their ducks in a row, they make that midnight phone call, they lock it down, Kelly gets his offer, then their planned superstar free agent winds up saying, no, thank you, then they can just match the offer to Kelly Olenek and they're okay. If Kelly Olenek were unrestricted, then the odds in that scenario are that he would be gone by the time they figured out whether or not they were signing another um, another major free agent player. But maybe not. Maybe there's a wink, wink, nod, nod. It's not like just because you become eligible July 1 and there's no moratorium that you don't sign right away. There's still been a domino effect with the major players signing first and then... Somebody like Kelly Olenek could stay at home and be where he wants to be, and maybe he gets paid a little bit more for being patient. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the possible. Tyler Zeller factor in a way. Yeah, what happened this summer? Well, I, I'm not saying. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not. And I'm not speaking specifically about those guys as much as I'm just saying. I was just trying to give I, a couple of instances yeah. to like kind of play that out a little bit in dialogue. No, you're right, and I and I think that those two. Yeah, I think I think that is I think that is a good example of 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 how it could play out. But I also wonder if it will become it it it's, it appears to me it becomes more there's more benefit than in the current system of trading and 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 than than there has been. You know, the ability to extend after three years instead two years instead of three or um, you know, to me, it just seems like there's a much more fertile market. Whereas right now, the, the 
to me, it seems as though the so much of the system is in the hands of the free agent, except for restricted free agency. And now I think that the, the teams have a bit more of a hold, um, at least in that realm, that less in restricted free agency, but but more so other than. So without that tie and restricted free agency, either everyone's going to go to free agency, which helps the Celtics, restricted free, or they or they're traded before they even get to that point. Whoever then, would have thought you, you would have said extension. that. What you just said, whoever thought you would have said that. That free agency would have benefited the Celtics. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Just because they have cap space <laughs> and they land at the first opportunity they get and the, mm-hmm. the narrative has 100% changed. It's a 180 degree turn and it was never even maybe a truthful narrative more than situationally not available. But let's also talk about this real quick because we're, we're getting close to the end of the show. One thing I want to do is I want to talk about their first three games between now and the next time you and I sit down and talk just us. We are going to be looking to line up uh, an interview for later this week, hopefully with Mark Spears. And But I wanted to say that the Celtics uh, on Monday basically did the groundbreaking for their new training facility, which was named after Red Auerbach, which, thank God, what a yeah. what a nice tribute. Um, and I like the way that they tie it in with New Balance as a sponsor, but it's New Balance's headquarters and it's Red Auerbach's training facility at the headquarters. Mm-hmm. That was tastefully done. Rather yep. than just slapping New Balance all over it, they, and I'm not, look, if they're the ones that are paying for it, they're the big sponsor, I get it, they deserve that, but I just like the fact that both New Balance and the Celtics got to honor their brands in their own respective ways and really came up with a neat way to do it. The other shout-out is to Chris Forsberg for getting a nice little close-up, which totally was lost on me. I mean, I looked at the Celtics posted the image up, you know, the uh, the computer-generated image of what the inside of the facility is going to look like. I saw theirs. I saw Gary Washburn put it up, and I, you know, I kept on clicking on it. But I didn't see what Chris Forsberg saw which was banner number 18, the 2017 <laughs> world champions sitting right up there. And I thought, oh, that's – hey, why not? Put your goal on the wall. But really nice touch there too. Eagle Eye Forsberg on the case. Well, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's kind of funny you mentioned Forsberg because, you know, of course we all – we're all slaves to Chris's uh, – <laughs> summer forecast and and the other thing you know kind of related to that of course is the gm survey that went out this past week and i didn't realize some of you probably heard that the, that the celtics were picked by um by one team to have won it all and and it was interesting you can't pick your own team and so <laughs> but so the Celtics one team so which the celtics gm did all. it right exactly well, and now we found out it was oh, Golden State. I didn't State. know that it was yeah. Golden State. Bob Myers from Golden State. So, but so you think, oh, great, Bob mm-hmm. Myers thinks a lot of the Celtics, which he may. Bob Myers and Danny are close friends. You know, they get along quite well. But then I kind of thought about it a little bit more. 
Okay, so if I'm it's a Bob slight Myers, to Cleveland, right? You there got you go. it. There you go. It's a slight <laughs> to Cleveland. Cleveland. It's intentional. And, like, and if there was a team, left. it's going to be Avery Bradley up in my star's mug, and exactly. I can't pick my team. So that's the only way I can envision right. it and tolerate it. You're not picking the West. You're not picking a team in the West. It'll be an Eastern team, you know. And I thought that. Was, and to give credit to Cleveland. Uh, Chris Grant said, uh, yeah, I'm not picking, I'm picking the Warriors. I think he picked the Spurs as, as the team to, to win in the West. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty, pretty, pretty good on both those points. It's those a great little survey, but it's obviously colored. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it is, it, it is, uh, it got plenty of people's personal opinions versus their, uh, you know, true understanding of the game in behind it. It's not professional. It's it's personal. <laughs> a lot of cases. absolutely, but that is but if, funny. So Chris Forsberg, if it saw what Bob Myers envisions, then that works for me, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, you know what? I already told you too. It's it's you know the number seventeen and 17. ooh spooky, and, and so that'll be. But you know, I can kind of play that either way. We can say two thousand seventeen championship this year, or we can say it's the two thousand seventeen two thousand eighteen, and then there's the handoffs. So if we don't get it this year, it's definitely going to be next year. Definitely, uh, lucky number seventeen passing into the eighteenth banner in two thousand and eighteen. Like I can see that happening anyway. That's all just crazy talk from me. Crazy I mean, numerology talk that yeah has played out exactly the way it was supposed to before. For the long-time listeners, you know, you all know Justin has this thing about the number 17. So we are at Banner 17. We're entering 2017. They got Banner 17 on June 17th. That's right. That's right. Exactly. It was on yeah. the seventeenth. I'm just saying. See? It was you guys uncanny. Hear this, right? It's uncanny. You guys are hearing this, right? It's a cry for help, folks. Call, really... call somebody. I put the tinfoil hat on and I never took it off. You never took it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, so let's we we talked about the new trading facility. Good on them. I'm excited about it. I like the way they handled oh, it, and I like courts. the way they they they. Uh, I like the way that they treated the Celtics patriarch in, in developing this facility. And there are some things that they did that were not so well received by the fan base, including the dancers, within a very short period of time after Red's death. So I, But this, this I like. This is tasteful and well done, and uh, I think they honored Red in the right way. And, it, and it's all about basketball, you know? It's about True. basketball. This is where the team gets better. This is where the team's built. This is where the team grows. It's about basketball. And that's what Red was about. You know what I mean? And that's and that's a great thing. And you know, New Balance, New England Company, you know, a lot of roots here in Maine with her New Balance. So good stuff. I'm with you, man. That's 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 a plus stuff by the Celtics, by New Balance, and it's great to have the the training facility so much closer to the Garden too. Uh, they're gonna have two courts. It's gonna be it's gonna be really dynamite. So, well, great, and speaking great stuff. of a plus stuff and Red Auerbach, we got to talk about our good friend of the show, Chad Finn's interview with Danny Ainge, and mm-hmm. the fact that he had some comments about Red and what Red loved about Danny, and it was actually the fact that Danny was an instigator and that he was doing everything he could to have an edge. And I loved what how Danny described. 
you know, that intangible, that competitive fire, that that drive. These are the things, and I'm I'm totally respectful of statistical analysis, but these are the types of things that aren't going to come out, which is one of the reasons why Jalen Brown was sort of my pick despite the shooting percentages because I just saw a student of the game. I saw somebody with work ethic, and he has this God-given athletic ability that I just felt like the two together have a great likelihood of becoming something that statistically he's not today. But I love the way that Danny talked about all of that, and Chad did an amazing job. And for anybody who didn't catch it, on Monday, Chad wound up taking some of the excerpts of quotes with Danny that didn't make the article. But if you didn't see it, you need to go back to Chad's, um, and it's Globe Chad Finn at Globe Chad Finn on Twitter. Just go back and look, and you'll see the outtakes, so to speak, that were not used in the article. But there's some really nice nuggets in there as well. Uh, you know, yeah, we love Chad. Chad does a great job. I, and I loved that because you're right. I mean, I think we've heard a ton of interviews with Danny Ainge over the years. What I loved about this the, this take of it was really talk, as you said, talking about that competitive fire and talking about what makes what makes Danny Ainge different than other guys, or what made Red Auerbach different, and and really zeroing in on on the traits of what it takes to be a success. You know about how you know Marcus Smart, you know, and, and has these these traits of 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 success within him. He may not end up being the greatest player ever, but you can learn to shoot. And that was the kind of the story that you know, kind of what the, one of those things that jumped out to oh, me. Oh, he was referencing like, Jalen Brown without saying it. That's right. Jalen Brown was on that list too. You know, you can learn to shoot, uh, but you can't learn to to have that desire to win and the culture and, that they're developing inside totally. that locker room. Mm-hmm. Talking about how he integrated Brad Stevens into the team. So if you haven't checked that out, guys, you really, if, if you're not following Chad already, you know, you're a fool. But, but if you haven't already checked that out, great, great stuff on Boston.com there. And, 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 and that was, and those, as you said, those are excerpts from a, from a magazine PC Day for Boston Globe magazine. So. Oh, that's um, right. That's right. Definitely and the outtake that. too talked about. Brad Stevens' competitive fire behind the scenes because Danny let a little bit out of the bag that wasn't included in the magazine uh, article. It was it, there was some of the outtakes in there. So, all right, John, I know we're coming up on the end of the show. Let's just kind of break down. There's going to be three games between now and, and when you and I talk again, and hopefully we'll have a bonus interview as we're going to try to continue to do throughout the season for all of our listeners. But they're going to kick it all off on Wednesday night against the Nets, and hilariously, <laughs> they are going to have a home-and-away back-to-back just to kick off the year, which, remember last season, they had a ton of them to start out the the season, the 2015-16 season. Back-to-backs were, was the name of the game in the early going, but they will be going up against old friend Rajon Rondo and the Chicago new-look Chicago Bulls. And by new-look, I mean nobody can shoot from outside and everybody loves to have the ball in their hands. Then they'll get Friday off, and they'll come back and play the Hornets on the road. What's your prediction for the record? And uh, if you're going to say 3-0, and that's fine. But if you do see some losses in the first three games, who do you think is, is the likely one? Can, can you ask me again? Can you say, what's your prediction? What's your prediction? Pain. Sorry, I just had to do that. <laughs> I, want, I was, You had it set up, and then... You just, you, I had to, you know, bring it back to, anyway, um, 
I really don't think they're going to lose the first three. I think the Bulls are a bad t- – okay, first of all, the Nets. Do I even really need to go into that? I don't think I need to. Do I? I? Well, I, I, I don't think there's any way that they lose, but it right. actually could be the most competitive game out of these three in a really bizarre way. One, we know how this team did last season with more time off. They were better off in the second game of back-to-backs, right? So if that plays out the same this season – this week-long hiatus, the injury to Marcus Smart, Kelly Olynyk not being available, and the chip on all the Nets' shoulders makes that one a sleeper. I don't think they'll lose. I don't think there's any chance that they'll lose. I'm just saying that game is probably going to be a lot more competitive because it's opening night for both teams, first game of the season. Everybody's going to come out raring to go. And it's it's an interesting kickoff considering the relationship between the two organizations. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think that that's a, interesting because of what we hope, you know, where game 82, where we are and where they are is at completely different ends of the spectrum. But to me, the most compelling thing about that first week is, is one, Rondo and, and Wade and Butler sharing a backcourt and clearly Chicago having no idea what the hell they're doing. And maybe that being the first senses that first domino, we'll see it. That, yeah, I think you know we'll see if Chicago is really going to maybe sell off. I, I think that's really where we're, we may be looking at. And and then the, I think the hardest game is the third game, Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte, Charlotte's a good team, or Charlotte's got a good coach. They play hard. I don't think they've got up the horses. They had same last record year. last year to finish the season. Yeah, I don't think I think they missed the playoffs. I think losing Al Jefferson is going to hurt them a lot. They've got nothing inside. I just I, I don't like where Charlotte's headed. They got a lot of money. It's not it's not going to go well for them. But I think that's going to be the toughest of the three. I don't I don't I think Chicago's not going to be a good team. We know that the Nets aren't going to be a good team. Charlotte's just yeah, they've got a good coach. Your main Farmington guy there and, and, and Steve Clifford. It all comes back to Maine, folks, if you haven't listened to the show before. And I, I think that that's going to be the toughest of them, but 3-0. and I, I, I can't see them losing any of those three first three games. I really can't. All right, so I think you're probably right. I think the game that I just said, I think the Nets game actually could end up being a lot more competitive than we anticipate for all the reasons I just said. I think the Charlotte game is actually in the bag. They're going to have a day off. Um, they are going to be on the road, but then they're going to have a bunch of games off after that. I just think they get up for that one. And I think after a week off, they'll have had two games to get it together. Then they'll have Friday to correct any miscues. They'll go into Charlotte on Saturday and they'll win pretty handily. I think the next game gets a little rough. Maybe it gets in their head a little bit. If they do lose a game out of these first three, it's going to be against Chicago. And I think because you want to talk about chip on the shoulder, Dwayne Wade has always had a chip on his shoulder against the Celtics, and I don't think it's going to change one iota with him moving from the Miami Heat to the Bulls. I think he just loves to play competitively, and he can never forget getting his shot blocked and denied at the rim by Avery Bradley. <laughs> Rajon Rondo playing his former team. And Butler playing his uh, Jimmy Butler playing his former teammate and Jay Crowder and (laughs) his future team. (laughs) 
I should say, did I say his future team? Because I no, should have. I thought you were going to. Oh, I should have. Jimmy Butler playing his future team, uh, showcasing his talents so he could take them to the Northeast. Um, what I will say is him playing Jay Crowder and this summer's sort of, you know, little buddy, you know, my little brother, Jalen Brown, I just think there's a lot of competitive fire that's going to be lingering in that game, and it's all going to be guard play. I think it's going to be probably, out of those three matchups, it'll be by far the most entertaining. It's on TNT. It's got all the makings of if there's going to be a loss in the first three, it'll be that one. But in all likelihood, I think the front court of the Celtics, I think Amir Johnson helps lock it down defensively, and Horford spaces everything else for the Seas. I could see him going 3-0. and I'm going to say 2-1, and one, though. I just, you know, they're never as good as you think they are. They're never as bad as you think they are, and we will experience all of that in the first week of the NBA. They got to, I, I just, I think they're going to have to incur a loss in the early going, and I think it's going to be against the Bulls. Well, it's, it's, it's highly possible. I, I just, I think that team, that Bulls team is going to be one that isn't going to be able to create any space on the floor. You're going to be able to pack the paint and you're going to force Rajon Rondo, Dwayne Wade and company to hit open jump shots and they're not going to be able to do it. They don't have any, they don't have a front court. They don't, you know, outside of, of Jimmy Buckets and outside of, Doug McDermott. Didn't you mean to say future Celtic Jimmy Buckets? Future Celtic Jimmy Buckets. I don't see any way that they're going to have any space to play. I, I just, I think it's, I think that Bulls team is going to be a lot worse than people expect. And I think that the whole thing is Wade going to get a ring, and he's, and he'll either he'll get traded, or they're going to blow the whole thing up and get rid of Butler and get rid of everybody. I, I just think it's that's just a dumpster fire waiting to happen. Um, I did pick Fred Hoiberg know, to be the first coach to get fired this season. Good call. I think that's a good call. I, I mean, they too. love him. They really do love him there, but I just – It won't matter if he can't do this because he's on his ass. Yeah. When they passed up a deal with the Celtics and they could have had Chris Dunn or whoever they wanted at that pick – and you know that that was a discussion that was happening. Um, when they passed that up, that put Hoiberg in the hot seat if he can't make this work because they want to all in in spending money to bring in this really awkward triumvirate of guards slash wings. But listen, it's let's, terrible. It is I, I terrible. Just, and on that note, I mean, look, Chris Dunn has played like hot garbage in Minnesota, by the way. While Jalen Brown has, has played pretty well, so one. Kudos I'm glad to, to hear you. somebody else say it. Let me just say no. That. Listen, kudos to you. Look, here's here's a couple a couple mea culpas here. One, kudos to you on that, Jalen Brown over Chris Dunn, because I was mad they didn't take Chris Dunn because I couldn't swap him. That deal would have been a really big, uh, would have cost a, way too much for the Celtics from what all the what I'd heard. Two. How about this whole Terry Rozier? A lot of, when we walked out of draft night two years ago, I'm like, well, I don't know about this Terry Rozier, but yay, we got RJ Hunter. RJ Hunter is unemployed now, and Terry Rozier looks like the second coming of, I don't know, uh, um, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, the, the first one. Um, you know, so, <laughs> okay, that's a little much, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, so, you know, we don't know what the hell we're talking about on draft night, and, this is that's a good instance right there where you know with Chris Dunn, 
didn't make the deal. They take Jalen Brown, and they looked at, right now they look like a lot better for that, for what the decision they make, instead of forcing themselves into making a trade that would have been their worst interest. So, Well, as far as this season goes, and we'll end on this, but as far as this season goes, it looks like Simmons is basically out of the conversation. Yep. Um, Jamal Murray's probably going to, you know, Jamal Murray and Buddy Heald yep. are going to get their Buddy opportunities Heald. to shine. Yep. But when it comes to the top three picks, it's really just going to be your boy from Duke, Brandon Ingram, and Jalen yep. Brown. And Jalen's not going to get enough playing time to win Rookie of the Year, and we all know that. But you got to throw a little kudos at the fact that in terms of saying, hey, who out of these top picks were the best? Dragon Bender's on the wait list. Like, it's really, it's Murray, it's healed, it's Dunn, it's Simmons, and it's Brown. And I think a lot of, not Simmons, um, it's, uh, Ingram and it's Ingram. Brown. And I think that's where a lot of the debate this year is going to come down to Ingram and Brown. But there's a lot of talent in L.A. too. And mm-hmm. maybe Ingram finds himself struggling to to get shots just as much as Jalen Brown. He'll get playing time. But D'Angelo Russell's at the helm now. And you just never know what the fallout uh, is going to be now that, that Kobe is not getting his shots because that's oh. just a major game changer. So we got to table it. We're running out of time, but uh, we, we're going to be talking about that a lot, John. We are going to be talking about that a lot. The, the league has changed. These young bucks are in the mix. The draft is going to be hella interesting this year. And you know what? Just jumping off that whole Bulls thing, I think there's going to be some deals, some dudes traded this year. I think things finally move. I think it's about damn time. Let's start trading some of these guys. I'm not saying here necessarily, but I think Boogie's got to go. I think Jimmy Butler's got to go. I think we've got to start moving some players around because this team, this league is stagnant right now. Now that we know the CBA, we know what the rules of the road are going to be. We know everyone's got money. Let's make let's make a deal, baby. Let's yep. get Marty Hall. Let, let's get let, rolling. Less less questions, more doing. You know, like Home Depot it. likes to say. All right. <laughs> This broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Radio mobile app as well as CLNSRadio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin, my co-host here at CSL underscore Duke. A big thank you to everybody for tuning in. And a reminder, you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to us. And today's show was brought to you by Audible.com. They've got a great deal for all of you listeners, but most importantly, you'd be supporting the show and the entire network. Thanks to the loyal CLNS radio audience who makes it all worthwhile. And for staff writer Eddie Santiago, program director Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS radio, Nick Gelso, and my co-host, John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.